0: Hi, well, I'm Sean Thompson. I'm very happy to be invited here today. Uh, do you have any questions you'd like to start me off with, or shall I just start riffing?
1: Hi. Um, actually, I didn't realize we were recording already, so that was me. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay.
2: No, we're, we're
1: starting right now. Yeah. Welcome, so welcome to episode 75 of TLC Tech Learn Coffee. I am your host, Lisa Nowakowski, a fifth grade teacher in South Monterey County here in California.
2: And I'm Nancy Minicozzi, an instructional tech coach in Northwest LA County, also in California. Just a reminder that today we have a 15-minute format, as always, because ain't nobody got time for more than that. No, they don't. And today's coffee fact is, did you know that coffee requires a crazy
1: amount of water? For one pound of coffee, it requires 2,500 gallons of water.
0: Wow. Did not know that.
2: I think I <laughs> have to rethink so, some things.
1: Yes. So tonight's guest is Sean Thompson, who will be talking to us about creativity, expression, and independent learning. So Sean, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, etc.
0: Well, thank you for having me, first and foremost. Um, I'm a teacher, have been for somewhere in the neighborhood of about 20 years. I've done most of my teaching at international schools, um, here in Japan, a few different locations. Uh, here in Bangkok. I myself am a tech coach as well, um, managing some things mainly with younger children in terms of teaching and um, helping teachers uh, devise ways of integrating technology into their classes where it's authentic and of course, my big passion, creative. Now, um, I've been doing all sorts of things for a long time and I do a lot of backend stuff I'd rather not be doing, frankly, but hey, it pays the bills and we can't always do exactly what we love. (laughs) True. But the actual truth is, um, if I'm going to be 100% honest, I'm really just a frustrated artist at heart. I've always, you know, when I was a kid, I liked to draw and I was big into analog. I'm not a full on drawing geek, but I really did enjoy drawing cartooning. Um, And that sort of bled into um, my teaching eventually. Uh, That whole idea that I wanted to express myself different ways led into, well, I'd love to do some sort of animations and things. And that led me into um, digital storytelling, of course, um, which ties into digital citizenship, you know, the rights of others versus making your own things. And slowly but surely, I discovered that Keynote, that's right, Apple's Keynote is this undiscovered gem for animating things and for creativity. So slowly but surely, I've got a club here at the school and I'm gaining more and more sort of um, uh, interest in that from the kids and the teachers are starting to come around. One thing I believe as a coach is you sort of get this contagion going, right? Eventually people start sniffing around and going, hey, what is that thing you're doing that I said I didn't want to do? Because everyone's talking about that now. So the kids are really great for that. Um, And one of the things uh, I've done as well is uh, I've gone ahead and I've written the book uh, based on all these keynotes I've been doing all over Asia uh, for mainly ed tech um, conferences. It's called creativity is everything. And um, hopefully you'll send out that link that I've put in our document here. So anybody who's interested can sign up for like sort of a look at the beta version or maybe, you know, put up their hand and volunteer. They'd like to be one of the reviewers um, when I've added the next two chapters and, fingers crossed, it's released come uh, October.
2: Well, that's exciting. Well, we definitely will put the link and the information in our show notes. So I you're a tech coach, but your book is about creativity. How do you integrate those two things?
0: Well, I'm glad you asked that. Um, just finished putting together another whole um, website for a course that I'm putting together. But the sort of, I'm doing all of these different things, but there there is a master plan or a hub, believe it or not. And really, um, the way we integrate it here at this school um, is with the other teachers. Now, I got examples from grade two, three, and four, uh, just off the top of my head. Um, grade two is when the girls here start getting, it, it's a girls' school, um, mm-hmm. in case you're wondering why I'm mentioning only the girls. Uh, grade two is when we first started giving them access to laptops. We didn't really want them doing a whole lot with tech before that and as a tech coach i don't really think they should be i don't care if they're even trying to type really until until you know starting first steps in grade three but um having said that we jump right in off the deep end the very first thing they do when they get these uh, access to these mac airs is um it's tied to uh, an international primary curriculum unit on um our personal stories so we make these cultural heritage videos so Ah, 15 minutes is just going to go by so fast. In the end, every girl in the class ends up making um, their own documentary about their lives. So they start off, uh, we talk about digital citizenship and the the rights of creators. We use something called photosforclass.com, which you may be aware of. It's basically just like a web crawler, right? You type in something, it looks for all of the Creative Commons licensed images on Flickr. So then the girls download pictures they can based on a literacy assignment they've had long before i've come on the scene um which is a script basically outlining different facets of their their own culture right to celebrate that and in the end we have them all imported into imovie and we have transitions and we have ken burns zoom effects and a soundtrack at the at the end and uh, that's their first use of a mac air so we're really happy with it the teachers would never let me in a million years stop it's a lot of work granted but um
2: yeah, but there's so many valuable lessons in there. Um, before you came on, Lisa and I were talking about digital citizenship and using photos. I love Photos for Class. It's a great website. Um, yeah. It sounds like a wonderful project for the kids to be able to express themselves in a creative way and learn a lot of skills, both academic and Technology skills,
0: right, right, and also it ties like I like the way that it ties into sort of the uh, the content of their IPC unit as well as it's got a tie to literacy. It's kind of got a lot of different things going on.
2: Yeah, I really like that. So, do you find that introducing creativity in the classroom increases student learning?
0: ah 100 fold absolutely um the first thing that it really does increase um and anything you do should be an opportunity to strengthen what's already happening in the class i don't with the exception of perhaps coding which you need to have some um fundamentals in before you can start making connections curricularly um wherever possible i want to do something that i can attach rate right to what's happening in the classroom already as a way of sort of demonstrating understanding and in terms of your question, like, you know, enhancing learning, the more time you spend with the content, the better you're going to remember it. And then you take into the fact that we're making this for an audience. So then it kind of ups the stakes. because oh, oh, it's going to be on YouTube. Well, I'm make this pretty good then. Um, and it's fun. Once you have engagement, then you're going to have a lot more buy-in from the kids. And that's what it's, you know, really all about, right? It, it's intrinsically motivating, intrinsically motivating for them. So yeah, 100%. Plus, I mean, that's what my whole book is about, like, I think we get our greatest satisfaction from creating something and then looking at it and then showing it to somebody else. And you know what I mean? That's, that's what I think we're missing too much from in life across the board. So, and I can say from every single thing that I do with the kids, um, integrating a creative tech component into their, uh, their, their larger study, they love it and they always want to do more. I'm in the habit of giving children um, surveys at the end of everything, not just about seeing what, language they recall but also like so how did you like the way i delivered this class um what did you think was the most challenging what did you think was what were what you proudest of and then finally the last one is always would you like to do this again there's always one or two who aren't all that excited but the resounding um preponderance is yeah we want to do more of this
2: well you know and i think that's normal to have a couple kids we
0: yeah
2: i uh I've been running a lot of breakout edu's lately mm-hmm. and you know, you ask the kids, would you like to do this again? And there's always that one kid that's like, well, it was kind of hard. So no, mm-hmm. but um, so I agree I with everybody, idea. right? <laughs> yeah. But I love um, the idea to creativity. I think that it, we're taught, we talk a lot now about personalizing and giving mm-hmm. students choice. And I think even if they're all making the same kind of project, mm-hmm. By doing it the way you're doing, you're you're giving them choice within the assignment. Mm, mm. And so I think that probably has um, a lot of, re- or is probably a large reason why the kids would want to do it again because they get to pick what they like. They get to make it exactly the way they want. It sounds like a really really rich assignment.
0: Uh, you know what? They really um, we get a lot done, and I'm lucky at this school in that I've got. Um, some really um, ambitious colleagues as well who are who are not going to just always say, all right Sean just slow down with the crazy talk we've, we've been here long, have been working together long enough with most of them that it's like you know sometimes I'll actually bring an idea to me that we'll run with um, which is the case that's happening right now in grade three uh, the children have learned how to make vector graphics of Edo period characters which we're then going to take screenshots of and upload to book creator so they will have their own, every student in the class will have their own book explaining their understanding of the lives of these four different characters um, during the Edo period with a narrated introduction.
2: Oh, that is, that is awesome. So are they going to, uh, I haven't used Book Creator in a while. Are they going to narrate it or they do they just write it and type it in?
0: Well, with the grade threes this year, um, we already did a sort of a, a Project that um, had a lot to do with narration. That's really difficult because you'll need to find a quiet room And you have kids coming and going and if somebody makes a mistake um, That's a really big thing. So I don't like to do too many projects in one year that involve narration Um, I also don't want to be a one-trick pony either, right? Like so they did uh, a video in grade two with their own images in grade three they they, the Got introduced to um, Animation so we went, and that's another thing I like about this whole creativity thing. You can mix up analog and digital and go back and forth. So they were working on a science unit, body systems. So in small groups, they drew body systems. And then um, I came in and I taught them how to take pictures with an iPad. And then via cloud sharing, they all individually made their own animated sort of explainer video. So what they would do is they'd take a picture of the heart, say, and uh, they'd, Imported into a keynote slide. I taught them how to use the instant alpha this the really strong um, Initial instruction was anything you draw for your body parts Your systems has to have a really thick black outline with no breaks in it Because then they can just use the alpha tool and delete like erase everything around it, right?
2: Mm-hmm. So then they
0: have this great picture that they've drawn and then they can you know Do this with all of them and then they animated them had arrows coming in and added text and that was narrated as well so my side they're already done like the the content learning happens before i get there or you know during the time i'm there but not in my classroom necessarily that's where they're sort of like entrenching and like spending time with it but all the delivery and the initial steps have been taken before i get there so now they've got this uh ios photo that they've cloud shared to their ipad or their pardon me their their uh, mac air and then they've altered it digitally and now they animate it and then uh, we use presenter notes to put in all of the narrations which were already written and then that's when they had to go on them by themselves one at a time and uh, record their narrations now I never let somebody record a narration in iMovie or even in keynote because they get flustered they try to go as fast as the animations or you know what I mean they um, yeah, they make a mistake and they want to go back to the beginning you do it all at once you make a mistake And that's that's the beauty of editing, right? No one will ever know that you made a mistake
2: So how do you have them uh, record? Do you have them record it separately and then import it in or how does that that's, work?
0: That's exactly what we do. Um, just got a couple of rooms hopefully nearby and not too much noise in the hallways and uh, a couple of um we have Dropbox set up on all the airs. So uh, they'll come in, there's a, a nice microphone ready for them to go, and uh, they'll record it, not shuffling their feet, or moving their paper around. I don't, don't even touch that paper unless you need to turn it over. And then yeah, we just share it through Dropbox and then they drop, they drag it into iMovie. Um, to me, another big thing is the whole timing, right? You want to have the, whatever the image or animation you're looking at should be slightly longer than what you're talking about. So it should, the image or animation starts. start, then you have your speaking, then you stop speaking, and then you do that again. Because I tell the kids, you know what you're saying. You've written it, you've recorded it. Other people are gonna need some processing time. So give them a bit of time.
2: Well, and I think that's really good um, to teach them that workflow also, because um, it makes it much easier for the kids. They can do each step and get it the way they want it, and then talking to them about the time. Ooh, that's our timer. All so, right. So, yeah, I love that workflow. Um, we have about a minute left. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you would like to share, final thoughts? Or well,
0: one I thing th- we didn't really talk about was the independence of in learning, and that's more of sort of my delivery of the classes. I'd have everything set up on a website, so everyone has the page to go to. It has all of the steps. Often it'll have a video uh, demonstrating a tutorial of something that I've showed Myself in class, you know, kind of flipping it around. Someone was sick or someone wants to go back. Someone wants to go ahead. That really allows me to do two things. It makes me, uh, it makes it very easy for me to make the kids accountable. And it also makes it very easy um, for the people who want extensions. That's one thing about this whole creativity thing as well is that you're always looking for that differentiation or that extension. There's always more you can do with something you've made right? Um, And the rules in my class are are very simple. Like, you you can't come and even ask me a question unless you've gone through the checklist. Number one, you had a problem. Congratulations. Solve it. That's what you're here to do. Number two, did you really do number one? Number three is, do you have my website even open? If you come to me without even having the instructions and the tutorials open, no, no, you cannot be here. Away you go. And of course, if there's no more than three people in line. And if I'm talking to somebody, there's two other people, they're actively solving their own problems. I mean, Google's everything, right? Kids don't need everything, but if they get in the habit of, okay, I've got a problem. I need to go someplace and source the answer. If it's one web page, it's just hopefully easier to get in that habit. So uh, yeah, I'm crazy for it. I can't stop creating things. uh, I would hate to show you the list of things I've got going on right now in terms of projects, but, I might even put another one in here. There's a a workshop page um, that I've been working on. That's going to become like my really sort of my, 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 uh, my Ben Hur of uh, online courses. And it's called everyone is a Mac multimedia artist. Ta-da.
2: Sounds great.
0: Well, I can't help myself. I got to make these things and I want people making them with me. There's a whole keynote animation movement starts here.
2: Sounds like a lot of fun. All right, well, I guess that's it. Hmm. And we would like, well, thank you you for being on. We appreciate
1: it. Um, And we would like to thank our listeners. Um, So if you enjoyed the show, please go ahead and leave us a comment to let us know. And tonight's comment question is How do you foster creativity in your classroom?
2: Hmm. And please join
1: us on Wednesday. April, May. No, that's going to be May. May 8th, when our guest will be James Allen, who will be
2: talking to us about co-spaces. So please don't forget to subscribe to hear more about easy ways for you to innovate in your classroom. If you like the show, and of course you do, it's fabulous. Um, (laughs) Please rate and leave a review on iTunes so people can find us. Remember, we are always looking for guests to share the great things they're doing in their classrooms. So if you know someone who fits the bill or if you would like to be a guest yourself, please visit tlc.ninja and complete the contact form to let us know. Thanks so much for watching.